Welcome to the Next Gen Podcast presented by Church on the Move. Our goal is to equip our leaders to effectively reach the next generation. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks so much for tuning in to the Next Gen Podcast, the podcast where our goal is to equip you, our leaders, to effectively reach our students and kids. Uh, my name is Sam Woods. Joining us, as per usual, we've got Jared Hogue. Hello. And Pastor Greg Scott. Hey, good, good morning, everybody. Uh, so, uh, today we're going to dive into um, one of our favorite topics, and that is volunteers, you guys. So, first of all, before we jump into today's content, I just want to say, man, if you, if you are serving in any one of our kids or students' environments, thank you so much. There's no way we could or would want to do what we do without you. Um, in fact, you, you guys are the heartbeat of what we do. You make everything uh, happen. And so because of that, it is imperative that we have measures in place that provide targets for us to hit as a ministry and as an organization. So for us, uh, you know, for us staff, we have some questions that kind of help us to do that. Today we're going to talk through real briefly what those four questions are, and then specifically we're going to tackle one of those questions a little bit uh, deeper. So the, the four questions are, are these. Are our volunteers engaged? Are they appreciated? Are there enough volunteers? That's a big one. And then are our processes timely and hassle-free for our leaders? So those are the four kind of filters through which we kind of measure uh, our volunteer culture. But the first one that we want to really kind of zone in on is are they engaged? And so I thought, man, let's, let's get this thing kicked off with Pastor Greg kind of deconstructing that word engaged a little bit because uh, we use that word a lot around here. And um, what does that mean, Pastor Greg? Are our volunteers engaged? Well, I looked this up in the dictionary, and there's three main words that uh, came up when I looked at it, and one of them was occupy, one was attract, and one was involved. So what we want is we want our volunteers and our leaders in our room to occupy that environment. Hmm. That means while we're away, you're the owner. Yeah. Jesus said it very clearly, occupy till I come back. So their job is to occupy take control of the room and the environment, and do what we want done in those environments. The second one would be be, uh, attractional, where we want our volunteers and our leaders to attract kids to their small groups. It should be very easy. I want to be in that group. I want to be in that group. It should be something, hey, come on, let's go right now. Can I jump in on that one real quick? Yes, sir. Does that necessarily mean, like, you got to be cool, you got to be young, you got to be the hippest dude in the room or non-dude in the room? To be attractional? No. Listen, kids don't really care about that stuff. We think it's, you know, they've got to dress a certain way, every hair's a certain way. Kids don't care. Kids want to be loved, and they want to be known. Yep. If they're known, you're attractional. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what you look like. doesn't matter your gender. doesn't matter. Yep. They love for you to connect with them. They that's wanna, attractional. They want to know how much you care. That's it. That's, that's all it boils down to. Yeah, it's absolutely. not a matter of age or how cool you are. Sure, that those things can play in on the front end just for that kind yep. of the first impression. But beyond that, it's more so how much do you care? Yep. A lot of it is how much you're, have you told them your story. Oh, that's good. Because if they know your story, it's a lot different. Yeah. Because there's kids that, are, that you become totally attractional to because you do it. Because they can identify with yeah, you. Very simply, yeah. yes. That's good. The third thing is be involved, and in that we want to do that by knowing their interests. Yeah. And that's pretty simple. So it's occupy, attract, and be involved. Okay, so that's awesome. That, that's, uh, those are three ways uh, to be engaged. Um, 
so that's the role for our volunteers. What would you say, Pastor Greg, for, for our staff? Um, what's our role in this deal? If they're the ones kind of occupying or owning uh, the environment, attracting, you know, students and kids to them in order to do, you know, ministry effective and then being involved, what, what's our role? Well, as staff, according to Ephesians chapter 4, it's our job to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Uh, I think there's another church that we, uh, we've talked to that they basically have told their staff, if we find you doing ministry, we're going to terminate you, hmm. which I think is absolutely unbelievable Yeah, because we so long have spent so much time that we do the work of the ministry. We have really no purpose for our other teams, our volunteer teams. Right. Why would they come and hold a door? Or be a uh, chaperone. Yeah, and that's all we want them to do. It's really not biblical. And um, we've, we've had to make that adjustment ourselves because we, we actually, you wear yourself out. Nobody wants to come and help when they can't fulfill a purpose in doing it. Yeah. So our job, we want to do three things. We want to make sure we equip, resource, and train our leaders. It's a big deal to us. And our job also is, is to identify, develop, and release the leaders that we do have. Gotcha. Um, could we real briefly, uh, we got some other stuff to get to, but when you say identify, what, what is that? How do you identify, you know, quality leadership? Well, it's constantly going on. That never stops for us because we're always needing them. Right. So for us to just relax on that, it never occurs. That should never happen. Um, one of the things I'm looking for is do I have somebody that cares? Hmm. Will they work hard? Yeah. I'm not interested in the super talented and, you know, uh, the creatives of the world. We have those, and I'm glad we have them as long as they work hard. Yeah. But we also have some just blue-collar kids and adults that just want to love on kids, and that's what I'm looking for. I'm yep. not, I, I'll, I'll say this. I'm looking for somebody that will show up and do work. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay, so this this uh, this whole question: Are our volunteers engaged? This isn't a question that starts and stops with us, the staff, right? We gotta, we kind of need to push this idea even further into um, our respective environments, our, our student and kids classrooms, and all that stuff. So, um, how in how in the world can um, our service directors and and key volunteers? How can they engage? their volunteers and make sure that they're being engaged uh, or maybe we start with how do you know if they are engaged what are some signs of maybe disengagement yeah i'll go through three really quickly okay number one is the inward huddle this is where we have all of our volunteers uh they talk to one another more than they actually serve the kids during service time yep before service great after service fantastic during service no way no way we have 52 hours a year to minister to our kids, and most of the time it's 30 because they only come maybe half the time. That hour needs to be fully engaged. Yes. And it's a, it's a good thing that, that we have camaraderie between right. our teams, yeah. but it needs to be – where it happens is very selective because it shows kids that if you're in a huddle, if all three of us were just in a huddle yeah. – and we have students coming in, and there's no engagement with them, no hi, no high five, no, hey, how are you doing? Hey, what do you need? If they're a new person coming, they're never coming back. Yeah. You, you seem unapproachable. Well, we are. Yeah. We don't mean to be because we're communicating. We think everything's great. But what we leave in an aftermath yeah. is a, a kid that needed to be uh, connected with, and they're not. So the first one is the inward huddle. Watch that one. Number two is the streaky attender. 
this is an enemy of small groups. Yep. When you can't come consistently or you, um, you just don't show up. Yeah. Kids know that. They notice that because they spell. Um, they spell uh, love. Yeah, T-I-M-E. They yep. don't spell it L-O-V-E. <laughs> and so for us to make sure our leaders are there is a big deal yep. and not late all the time. Yep. It's, it shows that you have priorities in your life, and this is one of them. And the third one would be the enforcer. This is the person that wants to make sure all the rules are followed and they have the handbook out and, you know, they're looking over everything. That's, we don't want that. Right. That's not what we want. We want an engaged person that loves kids enough that can sit down with them. And even if they – listen, most of them are not going to follow the rules anyway. We only have them an hour. Yeah. And so we don't – if we do these things right, and, and we won't have a lot of discipline problems. Right. That's good. Okay, so these are these are some signs for all of uh, all of you in key leadership roles and all of our kids and student environments uh, that that have oversight of other volunteers. These are some some indicators that you might have a, a volunteer that's uh, sort of unplugging or disengaging a little bit. Um, but here's here's the reality: like all hope isn't lost, right? It's not like right. if these people fit one of these three descriptions, we just kind of kick them to the curb. Not true. In fact, as leaders, our job is to see how we can get them re-engaged. And so, Pastor Greg, how are some ways, you know, what are some ways that we can begin that process? Well, one of the things I think we have to understand is most, most of the time when our people are disengaged, it's on us. We've either created it or we've allowed it because most people really want to fulfill God's plan and purpose for their life. And so we just need to take ownership of a disengaged person. If we see any of these signs that we just previously talked about, we yep. have to take ownership of that because you can point your finger at them, yep. but you really haven't communicated with them. That's good. So here's some things. Here's four things I think we should do on a regular basis. Number one, we need to make sure we have a clear and do, uh, having clear and doable expectations around a big purpose. Yep. Now, most of us in our environments, we know what our purpose is. Everything we do here is based around our small group. The, the speaker even knows that your job is to set up the small group time, because that's where the ministry happens. The most of it happens inside relationships, not from the pulpit to to the row, but to from the small group leader to the circle. Yep. And so we have to have clear and doable expectations for these people. Most people that have purpose will buy into that. Yep. The second thing is we make sure everyone clearly understands the goal for the day. The goal for the day is to make sure that every student says something to somebody, that they're engaged in the classroom, that from the time they walk in the door to the time they leave, we are doing something around the goal for that day. And the third thing is we give ownership away to our team members. They need ownership. We have too many smart, talented, really, really good people that need to fulfill their purpose in life. And they need to do it in our ministry, yeah. not some other ministry. Not uh, I know people on our team that own businesses, that they're thriving, they're hustlers. I mean, they, drive, they have a lot of drive, but they, they will tell you their main purpose in life is to do ministry hmm. on the weekend. That's just a job. Yeah. This is the purpose. And we have to open that door for people yeah. because they want to. Their life and even a lot of their finances are connected to that. Right. And if we don't give it away, which that's a scary thing to do, is to give ownership yeah. of what we have away. 
but it's the only way that we're going to be able to multiply and reach more kids. It's the only way it's going to happen. That's right. And the fourth thing is, is if you see any of these three, or if you see any of any disengagement, you just need to care about the person. Yeah. Just have enough care to sit them down with them, take them to coffee, see what's going on, just see what's going on in their life. We don't know if their marriage is struggling. Yeah. We don't know if there's something that happened, they lost their job or a, something tragic has happened. We don't know that. And so even this, sometimes they're just not in the right seat anymore. They've been feeling the Lord transitioning them out. Yeah. And if we're not careful, we leave them in there and they actually, we create because we won't engage them to we talk to them about it. We created That's it. That's right. And so you're so much better off taking them out and saying, hey, what's going on? Tell me what's going on. Yeah. Let them tell you. Listen, here's the thing, guys. We cannot be afraid to release people to go to another area so they can fulfill God's purpose for their life. Yep. We, 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 are, we are always the kind of people that ministry flows through us. There's never a time where we get to say, hey, you're here for life. That's not what God's plan is. Some people, it is. But most people, it's not. And you have to, I guess the best way to say it is, we will always be open-handed with our team. Yeah. Let them go fulfill God's destiny for their life. They were with us for whatever time they were with us. Celebrate them when they leave. Yep. Give, them the, give them the respect to get out and go do what God wants them to yeah, do. Yeah, that's good. Man, that's, that's such good information, Pastor Greg. I, you know, something I've, I've heard you say before is, you know, we have the tendency when, when something goes awry or maybe someone's not performing to a certain level that we point the finger and we blame and we say, well, clearly something's wrong with them. But ultimately, what you're saying is that's that's really a reflection of our leadership. There's something that we have done that has maybe created this this atmosphere or the opportunity for disengagement. So instead of running away from that mess or pointing the finger and blaming someone for that mess, we need to run toward it and and care for our people. Yes, that's but, huge. Yeah, here's the thing: you're never going to reap what you can't sow. So my whole goal is to make sure that I sow them into what God has for them. Yep. If I will let them go, he will send me multitudes of them just like him, just like the person I lost. God will send me because every seed produces after its own kind. So when I sow someone that's really talented but they're disengaged, it's okay. Sow them yeah. because I've got, I've got multiple ones coming in yep. if we're doing it right. What I don't want to do is I don't want to create a dead sea by holding everybody where they can't flow. Man, that's good. Because if you do, life will end not only for them, but for you. And you've got to be able to say, hey, you know what, what's really going on? Engage. If you're one of our leaders, one of our service directors, listen to me. This is, a, this is critical. Know your people. Love your people. Release your people. And if they're not engaged... Get them in another area. It's just that simple. Yep. Man, that's good stuff. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Thank you guys again for uh, tuning in, for listening. Uh, again, our goal is to help equip you guys, our leaders, to effectively reach our students and kids. We sure love and appreciate you. We'll hit you up next time. <laughs>